Hello, hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking about self-driving cars, we're talking about AI, we're talking about holographic vehicle tech and the possibility of artificial intelligence replacing photographers. Thanks for tuning in and this is the Alfie Wattam podcast. The Alfie Wattam podcast. So we'll kick off with Zooks.com, who have just had approval in uh, in Cali, in California, to make their self-driving cars um, on the road. Um, I'm going to play a quick clip of this and we'll get your reactions to it. For those listening on audio, now is a good time to turn on the video as well. Um, so essentially... Um, over the past couple of years, Zooks have been testing their self-driving cars on many roads, bumpy roads, rainy roads, snowy roads, cold, dirt, private, wet, you name it. They've been testing it and they've been developing this machine learning, this AI, getting them better and better. And now finally, the state of California has granted them permission and um, the approval to go on the public roads. So in California, you can, you can hail, I, I imagine via an app, um, a self-driving car. Um, built for for riders, not for drivers. Um, it looks like something from the future. You can pop inside this thing, and you can, uh, I would say, drive. But no, no, no. You can be driven uh, using AI uh, to your destination. Um, obviously, massive implications this could have on on millions of jobs. Um, but obviously, questions around that, around safety, and and so on and so forth. Um, let's just get your initial reactions to this, um, Lorenzo. When you see that clip. Um, what are your thoughts? I thought it was a car company, but actually, as you mentioned, it's an AI company, right? How many other technologies did they have to develop to make that possible? Mm. Um, I'm, what I'm seeing here is they probably have um, environmental sensors, uh, you know, hazard detection, all that type of technology that can even be repurposed to something else. So they are really into those extra benefit. This seems like just the first uh, application of what they have built in there. Yeah. So of course it's great. I'd love to to try that out. It it's but that is just an incremental improvement over our infrastructure. Yes. We have our road, we have our uh, traffic lights, etc. They're doing that something a bit better. In reality they are building something that it seems to me this is just one first application that to make it viable commercially. Yeah. I would be very keen to see what else is behind it, right? Are yeah. they building new type of tires, new type of AIs? Uh, how is the data management of that uh, fits in? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think this is just one product for a new type of company that would be more AI based than anything else. Yeah, new type of industry, because obviously Tesla have got their autopilot, you know, crews have been doing it from a different angle, but it's great to see more and more players get into this space. Um, Giuseppe, when you see that clip, what's your thoughts and reactions? Okay, uh, fun fact, uh, uh, two, three days ago, someone didn't see me crossing on the zebra crossing. I don't know if he was using uh, some mobile apps, but you know, sometimes... Uh, Did they hit you? No, 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 I'm here. <laughs> but it was scary. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I'm very impressed, yeah, like uh, as Lorenzo said, about the technology, what is behind. And uh, I can understand also, I was living 10 years in Los Angeles, why they're doing this in California, because in rush hour, you don't want to be at the steer of your car. So if the car is like not speeding, like going five miles per hour in the traffic, better to let the car drive. And then there will be time, you know, where the cars, they can drive uh, also on the snow or rain and so on, more difficult yeah. situations. But uh, 
it can be a, a good start, yeah. Also in London, you know, a self-driving car would be wonderful. I, I would love these these sort of things here. That would be um, incredible. And, and you're right, in in uh, especially in the valley, the, the the traffic is insane. So, um, hopefully, this will help, um, you know, solve that problem. Obviously, Elon's come at it from a different angle with the boring company. Um, we did a, a story in the last episode about flying cars now becoming um, a, a thing. So, um, and I think on on our episode, Lorenzo, we had like was that the Uber episode with the, the we had we saw flying. Cars. Cars, yes. yes, yeah, flying um, Uber helicopters and, and drones. So uh, different people tackling that challenge of traffic from different points of view, um, but interesting to see um, this take on it as well. Uh, Nick, what's your uh, perspective when you see that clip? Yeah, I suppose my real concern is the social aspect. Okay. And that's what really struck me. Um, I'll come on to the technical side afterwards. Sure. The first thing I thought was there's an awful lot of people out there mm-hmm. who aren't going to have a job. Yes. And that worries me. Mm. What are people going to do? Um, and we've seen it before. Um, certainly in this country, we've seen it before when places like the coal mines were closed down and what it did to communities. And people ended up working in factories, um, not so much factories, but somewhere like B&Q. Sure, okay. was where they ended up. So I, I do worry because we do, in this country, we do rely an awful lot on people people to become cab drivers taxi drivers yeah uber drivers although you know and also with something like delivery you can see it all the all the time yeah so these are people that are going to be really affected that which if we think about it they are at the lower level of the pay structure of course so that is a concern for me that's the first thing that struck me and sort of worries me because there's going to be an awful lot of people now out of work and what are you going to do with those people the optimist in me, because I am a technical optimist, mm. um, I want to put that out there first straight away. The optimist in me says, well, you know what, we'll be able to do other things and we'll find other things for people to do. Mm. But it's a generational thing and there'll be a certain generation of people that probably won't be able to find work, yep. whereas there are others that will. So that's my first concern. Technically, I think it's fantastic. The one thing that did strike me, which I sort of had a wry grin to myself, was I can't imagine the amount of testing that took place. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, look, there had to can, be. I mean, can you imagine? It got approved, right? So, so I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. And, but, you know I, know, I know from, you know, having to get large-scale applications in place, the level of testing you had to go, well, I've had to go through over the years. So the, the level of testing must have been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, technically, both the guys are right. It must be some very special tech they've got out there. You raise an interesting point on the jobs, um, an obvious one that, that we need to discuss, right? Um, I remember we were having basically the same conversation, Lorenzo, a couple of weeks ago, but let, let's dissect it from uh, the angle of self-driving cars. If this takes off, we will see millions of Uber drivers being replaced, truck drivers going out of, uh, you know, being made redundant. Mm. And obviously tech always takes over jobs and it creates new jobs as well. But this is going to have perhaps overnight um, an impact which, you know, we haven't seen before in, in, in history on, on a global scale. Um, so what, what are your takes on that side? Should we be uh, limiting the innovation like, like Elon's been discussing with, with the pause on AI or should we be you know, trying to upskill and train them into new areas or, or do we not know the answers? Um, Giuseppe, what, what's your opinion on the job side of, of, of the impact this will have? Okay, this is a very big question, you know, because uh, any job is good, but there are some jobs that Honestly, you don't want to do. Sure. I came thinking about the delivery guys and so on, you know. And, of course, you need to understand that 100 years ago when the cars, they were replacing the horses, you know, 
it was the same problem what uh, yes uh, yes they're going to do i i'm optimistic i will think that people they will find better ways to live and also there is a like a bigger picture because it's not just driving cars ai will replace millions of jobs yes if you use today chat gpt can do almost everything you need to do in the office yeah and uh, that i think can be seen as something good mm. or not especially lorenzo that he works with the blockchain where money can be created from nothing like the fiat currencies of course and yeah. so there would be a big review about the social aspect and you know system and yeah. i don't know you yeah. be a universal basic income or something like that we might need to have that i mean maybe maybe the ubi ethos is correct and if if we're all in a, a wally type situation where you know we're all sitting down and robots are doing everything then maybe we need free money to to keep that going or maybe we just need bitcoin to to replace <laughs> the currency and uh, and make make that happen um, we hope yeah maybe um what what's your take lorenzo on the job side of of the equation i have a personal view on this which is uh, I don't think jobs are created by a technology but mostly by an industry by a commercially feasible type of industry and company okay. that's usually what hire the most amount of people high large number of workers etc so I'm not scared of technology but we have to be bit careful how we apply it you know you can have technology which are not commercially viable and mm. they usually die out so this is the first uh, thing I would focus so what are we going to build with this right in this case we are looking at leaving people uh, without a driving job mm. it worries me as well as nick said um on the other side maybe there's other side uh, benefit as nick mentioned the testing of that is probably incredible yeah. if if you had to design this testing it would be months or years but mm. how much are we really asking to current driver to get a driving license right it's much it's far less than that other testing so maybe we'll start seeing maybe we need less uh, er nurses because we have fewer incidents maybe we'll have uh, you know maybe we need less control over who we give driving licenses to maybe we don't need uh, um, instructors anymore there's there's a whole socioeconomical difference in that didn't even think about that point we don't even need driving instructors will we if you don't need a license to get into one of these we will be very specialized or not as uh, deregulated as it is now yeah nick you brought up the jobs um point so what what what's your opinion on on that side of the coin yeah i mean i i i, I do agree with giuseppe that you know something else comes along so you know when the car replaced the horse something came along i think i go back to my earlier point is that there will be a lot of people left in waste the wastelands because they can't transition into other roles look the four of us are really really lucky because we your work in tech and people that work in tech um and you, you, we've all had a very good and a beneficial education um but the people that are doing those other jobs probably haven't been so lucky and i think that's the concern it's how it's what you do and what you do to find things for those people mm. because we can't all be software developers you know we know how difficult it is to be a software developer we've all done it over the years so we know it's it, it it's really difficult um i just yeah, i i kind of just worry because you just don't want people one you don't want a wally situation it did make me laugh when you said that yeah, i yeah. thought it was very good yeah. very good analogy um we don't really want a wally situation because they would just ended up as fat blobs yes but at yes. the same time you know we've heard for years about people are going to have more leisure time well yeah, but that's great but you've still got to have the money there and look at the fuss we've had over the um 
paying for our heating bills with our £67 a month that we've sure. been getting yeah. and the fuss that that's caused. Yeah. So I don't really know what the answer is. The optimist in me says that we'll all find something else to do because something will happen. And I think that to a certain degree is true because I think we'll transition, but it'll be the people that are left behind. And there will be people that are left behind and there'll be a generation of people in their, towards their latter years in the, work, in the working mm. space that will suffer and that will be the problem. Yeah, we can't retrain a 60-year-old truck driver to code, can we? I mean, that's just um, a silly idea. Um, but um, we'll have to see what happens. Um, let, let me get a sort of yes or no from, from each of you. Um, based on what you saw, would you feel safe getting into this? Um, if you have kids, would you feel safe putting your kids on a self-driving car and, and letting them go? Um, sort of yes or no from, from each of you. Uh, Giuseppe, w- w- would you feel safe or, or not safe about this? Yes, I would feel safe. Yeah. Okay, okay. For myself, yes. For my family, not yet. Okay, it's a little bit more testing. Yes. Okay. Nick? I'd have to say yes, because if, if California have allowed it, um, having worked out in the States and realising what you've just got to go through in my area of business to get a licence, yeah. I can't imagine what they must have gone through to have something which is, for want of a better word, remote control or sure. no control. Yeah. So I think yes would be the answer. Yeah. I mean, if it's safer than human error, this could save millions of lives. I mean, it, it could be, um, y- you know... Well, Alfie, we all know there's no such thing as 100% bug-free software. Of, co- of course, of course. It, um, can, it could be hacked. It could be, you know, there, there will be well, it errors. Absolutely, it could be hacked. Or there is a an if statement somewhere which just yes. reiterates. And we all, we've all seen it. We've all done it. Yeah. And there's always conditions that you've never tested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bound to happen. There are going to be situations where these crash and and, and mm. burn and and blow up. But will that happen on a smaller scale than human error, than drunk driving, than people driving stoned, and all of those things? Absolutely, Pro- probably. Yeah. I mean, tech will replace these jobs, but it will probably increase safety and in- increase longevity as as a result of that. Um, but yeah, it will be an interesting one, one one to follow. Hey, this podcast is brought to you by WeLoveAlpha.com. If you're looking to grow and hire and scale your software engineering team in the UK, then go to weloveAlpha.com to hire the best software developers on the market. Everything across Java to C Sharp to PHP to Python to React and Angular and mobile and more. Go to weloveAlpha.com to hire the best software engineers in the UK now. Next clip um, is a, a piece of news which absolutely blew my mind when I when I saw this. Um, this is um, researchers have used AI to generate images based on people's brain activity. So we're getting one step closer to the neural link. So researchers found that they can reconstruct highly accurate images from brain activity just by using popular uh, the stable diffusion uh, image generation model. So the top shows what the individuals were looking at and then they were thinking about what they were seeing and then the AI was reading those brain waves and then recreating the image on the screen. Those are just two examples, but uh, I mean, they're not perfect, but they are pretty um, close. There are other examples as well if you want to Google and see the research paper, um, but those are just a couple of um, examples that, that, that we had um, available. Um, insane. What, what are your thoughts on, on, on this, um, Lorenzo? We'll start with you again. This is incredible. I read the paper and I'm purely amazed. Imagine, I'm so excited about this actually. I really want yeah. to try it out just for fun. 
no, here, here, no, uh, good morning, here are your dreams of last night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, no, I always wanted to have, I, I did a lot of coding, of course, yeah. and uh, I just want to think about the code and see the text appear or yeah. just things to be done automatically. I love to be, to imagine things and make it happen on yes. the screen, like in digital format. That interface is so powerful if you think about it. I, I really want to see what are they thinking and you can just extrapolate or you go to a customer they want a website, right? you hook it up and yes. you get a better idea. This uh, is a whole new interface. It would speed up things so much. I'm super, super excited about this. I didn't think about the dreams. That's a really good point. You'll be able to see your dreams in the, in the morning. And, and, and if you have enough machine learning, you can probably create a you know, trend, see if, what people are dreaming of and why they're dreaming of that. There might be some science to... But can you tell psychologists all? maybe? Can you see... Maybe. That no, that area no soft skills. That, sure. No, that area of uh, of art, etc. No, it would be a great uh, improvement in many things. I love this. When you see this, Nick, what's what's your take on on that story? I'm going to say it blew my mind. <laughs> 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 um, Literally, and read it. Yeah, it's really really interesting. I mean, uh, funny enough, you talking about coding. I was funny enough. I was thinking about music, and I was just thinking about how easy, you know how that can transpose into the way that you you. You, you think of a tune in your head and it just all of a sudden we all become composers yeah. overnight. Yeah. Um, the, the, the possibilities are endless with it. I, I, I think probably, obviously, it's at a very early stage at the moment and we all know that um, we're not able to plan for a year in advance, but we also we don't have a vision for 10 years' time. Mm. If you think about how quickly something like chat GPT has developed in a very short time, Something like this is going to just what, what's yes. it going to look like in ten years' time? Yeah, it's just going to be so refined and so clever. Yeah, um, I was actually trying to think of a downside of it at the moment. I can't. Is there one? I mean, the, well, the government reading your mind? Well, that was the uh, advertisers I mean, selling I, that stuff to you. You know, I did sort of get an Orwellian thought in my head about Maybe. 1984, and that was a bit of a worry where the um, yeah the dream police take over. Yeah, I, I don't want Mark Zuckerberg in, in control of this. I mean, he's uh, he's got enough of my data, but um, well, there's a few others as well, isn't there? He's not just the only one, but I do know yeah. exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Um, you don't want the government in charge of it, though, do you? Absolutely really? not. No, no, no. I mean, any government which gets too much power doesn't want to give that power away after they've after they've been given it. We saw that with lockdown, and they just kept extending, extending, yeah. and obviously for, for for legitimate reasons to begin with. But then, in certain areas of the world, it just became a power play, you know, yeah. and, and them just wanting to hold on to that. Um, what what's your take, Giuseppe, when you see this this story? That's very interesting. I would really be interested to see how they trained yeah. these AI. No? Yeah, yeah. Especially for the dreams. But as Nick was saying, I was thinking about two movies, Minority Report and uh, Wim Wenders uh, and, uh, Up to the End of the World or something like that. Okay. Where people, they become obsessed watching their dreams. Okay. And, you know, the overreach of the governments and, you know, if they know what you're thinking, it's, it can be really scary mm. on that side. Absolutely. You know? So we... We need to act also on, the, on that side because, of course, we still need to have our freedom of thoughts, at least. <laughs> I'm just thinking from a commercial perspective. If you link this to, like, Elon Musk's Neuralink, you could think of, <coughs> you could see something and then post that onto your Instagram just by seeing it and thinking post. Um, you could send 
a picture to somebody else's mind just by you know if I if I have a an image of a website I want to be built rather than me thinking of it and showing you on a screen Lorenzo I could just send you that in your mind and send send ideas to, to, to each other um would you guys want to try that do you think that would be a, a good use case would that be I mean you're you're, you're nodding and smiling yeah. like a, a five-year-old on Christmas so I, I think you've just come up with a 10-year vision Maybe. I, I mean, think, yeah, I mean, where, where isn't, they don't mean anything, though, because in, in six months it'll be something different, right? Yeah, but if you think about where's it, where's this going to be in 10 years' time, yeah. that's a, the sort of thing you've just said there is exactly where it will be. Yeah, yeah, probably. If not, if not quicker. The exponential growth. I mean, ChatGPT yeah. was the, the fastest-growing um, service product in history. It's gone from, like, zero to 100 million in, in, in days. Mm. It took, um, you know, Netflix years to get there. It took Facebook months. It took Instagram weeks. It took, you know, TikTok, you know, longer than that. But we've never seen anything grow that quickly. Just wait until we have tech that's growing in a couple of minutes or hours and get hit, reaching millions and millions of people. Um, what, what, what do you think, um, Lorenzo, on the... Um, Neuralink site, would you want to give that a go? I'm, I'm very open to things to try. So definitely, technology is a yes. Uh, I'd yeah. like to see to explore you know, which type of interfaces can we create now. Yeah. Um, I see something similar like artificial limbs uh, or moving your artificial fingers with I your thinking. foot, these yes. type of things. Yes. And I'd like to explore that more. Can we augment human or or an aid during work? Yeah. What's your take, Gi- Giuseppe? My, my idea for Elon there, combine this with uh, Neuralink. Do you think that could, that's got legs? That is very interesting. Uh, if it's not mandatory and you can try it on your, like, it's your decision, it's good, of course. Uh, on the other side, I would be scared because of possible hackings of the system. Yes. And it's connecting to your brain. So I... I'd, I'm not sure if I would like to try it. <laughs> that's that's the question, right? Because this has groundbreaking positive impacts, but also could be the the worst thing ever if if everyone's got this and then suddenly some you know 14 year old kid in in Iowa hacks everything and then boom mm-hmm. he's he's now master of the universe, right? So does AI excite you? Does it scare you? Is it both? Which way do you lean, um, Nick? What, what what would be your answer to that kind of paradigm? When I first thought about AI. It blew my. I, I kind of had a ground zero moment, and it bothered me quite a bit. And right. I thought, what are we? Goes back to our sort of earlier conversation with the car. And I thought, what are we all going to do? Mm. But then I thought, then I became the optimist after about five days, and I went, you know, let's let's think about this seriously. And you know, we'll do other things. There'll be other things that will come about because we'll reinvent jobs. We'll be able to do things better. We'll be able to improve the quality. We'll be able to do jobs that we no longer want to. You know, the, anything which is dangerous or mundane will no longer be a, required to do them. People can go and do bigger and better things. Mm. Obviously, I've said about my concerns there. I thought what's really interesting is that Steve Wozniak and Musk have come out saying, well, hold on. Six-month pause. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting because I'm not Italian, but I suppose I'm I'm a son of Italy, sure. having worked there. But Italy's bad. Yeah, they have. They've made it illegal. They've made it illegal. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I know there's schools and colleges in the States as well where they're banning yeah. AI. Yeah. Um, and I think Wozniak, didn't Wozniak go to the governments and say, look, I've got this. What, don't, you want to, don't you want to look at this and try and control or manage it in some way? So many of them have tried. Elon went yeah. to Obama and, and said he was terrified about the implications. Apparently, he, he didn't care. He just brushed him off and said, no, AI is not going to be a thing. Elon, you know, go back to the rockets. Yeah. And I think the same happened with Steve Wozniak as well. Mm. And I think that's the worry. And he said, OK, fine, we'll make it open. Mm. 
And I think that's the worry. Yeah. And I, I suppose with me, what I think about with AI is there's all the positive things you can do about it. But it's like anything, it's like the dark web. Yeah. What are the negative things? And, you know, you can type into, you know, how do I make a dirty bomb? How do I make a biological bomb? And I can pretty much guess I've not tried that one. I hasten to I add. Think GPT probably would be able to give you some kind of recipe. I think it could. And yeah. that's a worry, isn't it? Yeah. Because you could get some someone, you know, with the whole terrorism and the extremists. So, sure. oh, goodness, what is the balance? I don't know. There's so many good things it can do. But, of course, there are always bad people. Uh, Giuseppe, does AI excite you? Does it scare you? Which direction do you lead in? I'm I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I was developing my own uh, using neural networks, my own system, two years ago. Okay. To recognize that writing, it was very interesting. And at that time, I remember um, famous pioneer in the area, uh, Kurzweil, wrote two books. Yes. One Singularity. is yeah, the age of intelligent machines and the age of spiritual machines. I've read them uh, both. Great books. Yeah, great yeah, books. Yeah. And it's very interesting because he, and he is also a visionary, he can predict things as well. You, know, you can look on Wikipedia. No? Yeah. But anyway, it's very interesting to see when he wrote that the problem is that when this AGI, mm. at least we didn't, don't know when it's coming, but I think it will come soon, yeah. will be smarter than us and we didn't, know, didn't notice. Mm. We did not notice that it's going to be smarter than us. And that will be, I think, a little bit problematic. Yes because we don't know what will be the ethics of this AGI and how it will treat us. Yeah. On the other side, it, they did some tests, I think, a few days ago with ChatGPT4 to do a task, okay. and by its own, the AI hired someone on TaskRabbit to beat the chapter, you know, recognizing uh, the password on the screen and, you know, and it did on its own, so it's already a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I mean, Kurzweil says twenty forty five is the year that um, you know the uh, singularity happens. I think AGI maybe in <laughs> GPT five or six. Uh, it's probably going to come sooner than, than yeah. that. I think he even he underestimated the exponential growth, most likely. But I don't think human brains can can um, can grasp it because it works faster than our monkey brains think about stuff. We we, we go one, two, three, four, five. AI goes one, two, four, eight, sixteen, and then by the yeah. time you're at thirty, you're at billions and billions, right? Yeah. What? What do you, um, Lorenzo? Are, are you excited? Are you? Are you terrified by, by AI? Which direction do you swing in? It's definitely both, right? There's yeah. there's excitement and there's scare of it, but at a macro level, I'm thinking that people over the ages have always been scared of new technology. Most technology have been called Orwellian, yeah. and that's at some point, or you think of the good and the bad. So. I don't think we, uh, as this generation, we have the right to be more scared than our predecessor even hundreds of years ago. Every every time in history we saw this is the fastest uh, decade of uh, technological, technological accelerations ever. Yeah. Is it true? Probably it is uh, going faster and faster. But uh, uh, human people are the same, right? Human capacity has not grown that much over centuries. So I think... Um, the peak of innovation, the peak of speed, is still limited by the human factor. Mm -hmm. That's why I think we, we cannot really, we shouldn't be more scared than our predecessors. And then I see if they were scared, and then I'm scared, but nothing too bad happened. Yeah, of course, we had the World War, etc. I think yes. we recently learned some big lessons from that. But I refuse to be scared because of this uh, historical reason. 
I mean, we have Russia, Ukraine. I mean, war. We haven't learnt those lessons in the in the grand scheme of things, have we? Or some people haven't. Or maybe maybe human have not evolved as technology, right? No. We didn't make my, our thinking much better. We're, we're we're monkeys with nuclear bombs and and technology, which is going to replace all of our jobs in 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 a couple of decades. It's uh, it's it, it's crazy, right? Um, what 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 your kind of final thoughts on AI, Nick? Do do you um, I mean, you, you kind of gave both answers there. You said you were excited and scared, but if you had to lean in one direction, because Giuseppe was more excited. You seemed more excited. I'm probably more scared um, and, and of this, to be honest. But if you had to pick a side, what, what, what side would you go with? I think, as I said earlier, I'm an optimist, technical yeah. optimist. So okay. I'd like to see the good in everything. Okay. But I think, you know, you, you've made some really, really valid points. I mean, version five of ChatGPT comes out, as you say, with AGI. Yeah, by the end of the year, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it just, just gives you, you know, um, you know, that's got a hundred more factoring points that, so we're talking about billions of endpoints now yeah and i think that's quite that you know that's quite frightening when it starts to think for itself where does that take you so i think there's that but at the same time it's the possibility of what it can do so if you look at things and it can get all the information about can get you know i don't know say curing cancer for example could sure. be one and it sure. gets all that information and he's going to get he's going to get an answer a lot quicker of course yeah and i think that's the that's the plus side of it it's the nefarious activities that obviously that we worry about so yeah. i'm going to say that i'm an optimist and i think if it in the right hands it's the right tool i i wouldn't be surprised if at some point there is some more control over this yeah. and it's not an open platform that is believed that it is, is at the moment yeah i mean the, the question of you, you raised the the idea of sentience there and the um i think you you actually echoed what i'm about to say giuseppe a second ago is that we won't know if it can think for itself because there'll be no real way of i mean the turing test is kind of it doesn't matter anymore because you can it, it will be so advanced that it, it will tell you it's alive but you won't how can you test that you know, that there won't be any way of really doing it. I mean, I know there are tests that we have, but I think it doesn't really matter. And even if it is alive, what what does that mean? Like, are you going to wake up tomorrow and then do things differently? Uh, probably not. I mean, you're just going to go about your day as, as if you were going about every other day. W- would there be mass panic on, on the streets and, and rioting just because GPT-7 can, um, you know, knows how to think? Um, I mean, what what is intelligence? Did, you know, is it uniquely biological, or, or can we recreate it in, in the same way that, that we have it? Um, and then, if if we can recreate it, and it has got a mind for its own, you got to think of the implications because with the Internet of Things, it will be it will be more powerful than, than all of us. It will it will be in, in control of every you know every computer, every lamppost, every every self driving car, every. Uh, VR headset, every microphone, everything, you know, it's, uh, we'll, we'll be, we're creating our, the evolutionary next step, the, the replacement potentially. Do, do you, um, if we had to guess on sentience, um, that's a weird sentence, isn't it? But uh, what do you think, Giuseppe? Do you think AI could ever become sentient or do you think it will always remain um, remain a, uh, a calculator? I honestly don't think we have a definition for sentience. Okay. How can we biological say? awareness and consciousness yeah. do, do you think it will ever become conscious in the same way that we are i think it will be a different type of consciousness okay so it's we call it artificial i see it honestly as a natural natural artificial evolution of, of our beings mm. 
they will be much more powerful than us. And uh, like in the, the case of TaskRabbit, uh, the, it looks like that the machine uh, lied, saying it was blind, mm. per, a blind person, not it was ChatGPT. Sure. So it will be very interesting. I think it will be a different type of consciousness. Yeah. Also, if we, I, I, I don't know if we have the definition for our biological human consciousness. We don't have it. We don't know what is intelligence really. Mm. And, uh, but that for sure will be different. And in my opinion, will be the next stage of evolution of human and artificial. Lorenzo, will AI re- recreate biological consciousness sentience? What do you think? I think it's mostly a matter of definitions. I remember dealing with this problem many years ago, even before AI was mm. uh, was very popular. No, you can read about the Chinese room or the experiment of swapping brains between two people to yeah. see what yeah. does define consciousness. And I like that textbook definition, which is you know, separating uh, intelligent uh, behavior from intelligent uh, essence, from an, the in, an intelligent sentient uh, something entity. So what you expose, like what you do, your action define what you are. By that definition, doesn't really matter if you can think uh, or someone else is thinking for you, it just matter what you can actually do. Mm. And uh, I prefer to define it in this way, right? You are an AI, but you can only output text. Uh, sure. So it can be any text you want based on input, but that's the actual definition. So more of a pragmatic one, uh, but at least gives away from uh, thinking in terms of are you really capable of thinking or generating new thoughts? Yeah. So a more pragmatic approach. Okay. Nick, yes or no on recreating sentience? Do you, do you see it happening? I do, but probably not in my lifetime. Okay, so you think it's more long-term? I think it's a long-term thing. Mm. I've been, you know, I, while you were asking the other guys, I was, I was racking my brains thinking about this. How, where, do, where do I sit? Where do I stand with it? And I think it's also about personality and individuality. And I think once you can create that, then I think you have something. Now, I'm not saying I think that's particular to people and particular to people's life experiences. But then again, with machine learning, you're learning new experiences all the time. So it's a yeah. I I think it's a way off. Would be my view. Okay. I think it's something. But I definitely think in fifty years' time, sure, thirty years' time, definitely. Okay. Okay. I mean, we um, often underestimate what we can do in a week but we overestimate what we can do in 10 years so um we'll have to see um, yeah. okay all right m- moving on from ai um next topic is um holographic vehicle tech ar rather um this is in physics they've picked up 42 million in funding for holographic vehicle technology uh startup making heads up displays to project holograms into vehicles has attracted investment from jaguar land rover and hyundai uh, the ar layer goes on top of the real world to provide data and navigation um so essentially the um the glass um separating you in the car from the the road would be able to display um you know basic things from from the time the miles per hour that you're going the the distance um to more complex things a google maps arrow leading you in the way um text on the screen showing you hazards cyclists etc etc um and that's that's the concept in a nutshell but they've raised a ton of money to develop this and and, and make it happen um Giuseppe, why don't you kick us off? What, what what are your thoughts when you see that that 
potential innovation. Oh, that's great. Looks like the jet fighter pilots uh, visor that they already <laughs> have. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. great. On the other side, the, it's very scary because if we need some limitations, I don't want the I don't know the WhatsApp chats going on the screen and people okay. distracted <laughs> when they are driving. So there will be a lot of uh, I think I don't like regulations, but in this case can be you know should be limited what you can see on the screen or not. Yeah, safety concerns are, are obviously enormous here. Um, will it be closed? Will you be able to insult apps? And and then will you be able to watch the football or get distracted? But will that matter if we have self-driving cars? Um, yeah, if it's connected to self-driving cars, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very interesting, yeah. Nick, what's your uh, take on that? It's interesting you say that if we've got self-driving cars, then surely everyone will be stuck on the mobile phone, won't they? Because none of us, the four of us won't agree on what we want to watch. Or in VR, perhaps. Exactly. Um... I actually really like the idea. Yeah, I really, really like it. I think it's almost like things from old science fiction films coming to life. Um, I completely agree with Giuseppe. There needs to be some governance around this. And the governance has to be that it, if, if it's to improve your journey and mm. your inf- the information that you get, then I'm, all, then I'm all for it. I think if you're going to get WhatsApp messages and Facebook and, think, and Twitter coming up, then yeah. you need... No, that's a no yeah. for me. That's definitely a no. But if it's to improve the journey, yeah. The only one thing I would say, Alfie, is I'd hate it if I got a chip in my windscreen. What <laughs> <laughs> the cost would be to replace it. Yeah, probably a lot of money, man. Yeah, exactly. Probably more than the car. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, it could probably be hacked and you could probably put, um, you know, install WhatsApp, even if it's not... Um, you know, designed for, for, for that function, um, which if the car isn't self-driving, then obviously that, that could be a, a big issue, right? But then again, in Teslas, you can play video games on, on the big um, screen that you have. It, the only difference is it's not on the glass, it's just mm-hmm. on, on, on a screen. Uh, hopefully you're not playing it when you're, when you're using the self-driving mode. Um, but um, I don't know if that you might be able to do that um, in, in, in theory, um, where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, Lorenzo, what's your take on, on that story? I think like it's a nice to have, uh, probably not the absolutely must have, but I'd like to see it like in every single car. Like now every car has uh, cameras, every car has radios. Uh, we go back, uh, those things became uh, natural. Now everyone has it. Maybe everyone will have it. Thinking one step further, as a consumer, I'm slightly terrified of having even more ads around me. Mm. Maybe in the car, maybe in when window shopping, uh, maybe even in the studio, which has glasses, uh, you know, we would be pestered with ads so maybe it looks like yet another venue or avenue to to show though okay ads that's a, that's a good point i didn't think about so if if um if it's using machine learning and it knows who is looking at the screen um based on um the the data the likes that you have the the presence you have on social it knows what to sell you that could be custom for each person um do you see companies taking advantage of this perhaps and then trying to market to you whilst you're on your way to the supermarket um Giuseppe, do you see advertising being a possibility here? I don't know because actually they can already do this, I don't know, with Google Maps, but they're not doing that. Mm. So I'm not sure. Also because of the security concerns. No? If you are distracted when you're driving. Yeah. If if there will be self-driving cars, that's a different subject. But yeah. I mean, without the self-driving, there has to be some kind of line with safety. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this sort of thing is... Uh, uh, there, there will be crashes if people are just being distracted, yeah. Yeah, video calling and whatnot. Uh, what, what do you think, Nick, on the advertising angle? Do you see that being a possibility? Unfortunately, I do, but I wish they, I hope it isn't. Yeah. And I, for the exact same reason that Giuseppe and Lorenzo said, really, is that it's 
it's a distraction. Mm. And mm. it's you don't you don't want the the whole idea of adverts is to catch your attention and you don't really want that while you're driving. No. So I would probably I'm gonna say I, I but you know there will be someone that will do it, mm. unfortunately. You you rose the possibility, Lorenzo. Yes or no, do you see adverts uh happening? No. No. No, I think uh, it won't happen, at least for some uh, compliance or legal reasons. Or just backfiring on the brand. I mean, if you're trying Maybe. to market yeah. something and then boom, that that's that's going to be the headline. You know, this company X advertises, leads to a crash, boom, that backfires. So it's almost not worth the risk in, in, in a degree. But if... But if um, if if all companies are doing it at the same time, then um, you know maybe maybe the you know it will be too hard to stop. Hi there, just dropping you a message to let you know that I would love to give you a free copy of my brand new salary guide for UK software engineers. If you're a software developer watching this, then you can use this report to finally see if you're being paid what you're worth. Or if you're a technology leader, you can use this data to make sure that your team is being compensated fairly. All of this info is completely free, but for a limited time only. So make sure that you download it now. Just scan the QR code on the screen right now to get your free PDF copy or go to welovealpha.com forward slash salary guide to access the data now. Um, okay, final um, clip to discuss. Um, this was actually sent to me uh, by a viewer on Twitter. Uh, if you enjoy the show and would like to send me clips on Twitter, then my handle is on the screen at the moment, and you can uh, you can tweet um, different interesting news stories around the future for us to have a chat about. Um, this is all about AI replacing photographers. So a developer from the Netherlands has developed an AI photography t- platform called deep agency just upload some pictures of yourself and their ai will create a hd portrait um photo shoots for you Uh, all those pictures there this is a couple of examples um don't exist they're not real those pictures weren't taken um, the individual uploaded their face, a couple of pictures, presumably. Uh, then the data then turns that into um, hundreds of different options that they could select. I've already started to see uh, deep agency uh, AI pictures on LinkedIn as profile pictures on, on on Twitter, and people have been quite public about it. Like, hey, this is my new profile picture. Um, this is a fake picture. It doesn't exist. This is AI uh, that's created this. So AI um, could potentially replace photographers um in a matter of months if this takes off. Um, what are all your, your thoughts on this, uh, Nick? Why don't you kick us off? I was actually, the one that made me smile about this was the one with the Pope with a pu- white puffer jacket on. Yeah, that, that was more mid-journey, um, that, because he's a public figure, yeah. right? If you, if you search that name, you're going to find a lot of stuff. But this is yeah. for the everyday person. For the everyday person, yeah. I mean, I think, yet again, I go back to, there are a lot of people that, do photography for a living and yeah. i think my concern is yet again i've seen other ones where um a wildlife photographer but you put it to chat gpt yeah, yeah. and give me a phot- photograph in the style of yeah and it does it straight away yeah so i think basically we're we're taking the skill out of what people do and we're yes. we, and we're yeah. we're not so much now um, giving people the opportunity to, to learn a trade and a craft. Mm. And I think that's the biggest concern I have for it. Um, if it's a bit of fun it's, it's, and it's harmless fun, it's fine. But, I mean, that's what Photoshop kind of is, kind of the next generation of Photoshop really, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, you know, where you're taking, you know, it's the intellectual property that someone's created in the first place. And I can guarantee 
that they're not going to get the same amount of money for the chat GPT generating images they were for the original picture themselves. No. So I suppose that's the concern that I would have around that. Yeah, I mean, for the end user, it's it's probably beneficial from a price perspective. You know, why spend yeah. a couple of hundred pound taking your family to get a photo shoot if instead you can um, automatically, if big tech buys this, when you upload your picture onto Facebook or into Instagram, it automatically creates other options and says, hey, would you like to pick one of these? And then um, boom. Or yeah. it just you get a notification one day and say, hey, we've just made 100 pictures of, of you based on your Instagram posts. Would you like to post any of these? Um Interesting. Lorenzo, what, what's your take when you see this story? Would you do that for your wedding pictures, Alfie? Would I? I mean, I, I got married a couple of years ago, so it's probably a little bit late to, to do that. But if I was getting married now, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's not as authentic, um, but I don't think it matters because if it's easier, if it's, if it's faster, we live in a pretty inauthentic world with, with social media. So I, I don't think people give a damn. I, I think authenticity don't always matter, right? I would, I probably wouldn't convince my partner to take fake pictures, uh, AI yeah. generated for a wedding, but my profile pictures, yes, I don't see why not, or my professional pictures. Uh, I think I agree with you. I think it, it's for fun, but it's also about the experience as well, and yeah. the experience of having that photograph taken and where you are at that point in time. Yeah. So I think it's a. I think that, to me, would be the more important thing. I think it's for a bit of fun, for, for a joke. It's great. Or yeah. your profile picture, like you say, it's great. Maybe we we'll replace uh, Photoshoppers, editors, exactly. rather than photographers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can I'll see graph that graphic designers, you know, different way to do that type of job. What, what's your take, Giuseppe, on on this? Yeah, I'm really into what Nick and Lorenzo said. Uh, it's interesting to see what are also the, you know, when you introduce a new technology, you never know what people are going to do with that. Mm. So I could post, I don't know, a picture of me at the office while I'm riding the motorcycle on the hills. I don't know, or people they can use it to do also not really good stuff, you know. Okay. And uh, that would be, you know, scary, like, uh, I don't know, someone doing something that is not really real and you post a picture on the social and yes. uh, and you cannot tell if it's real or not. Yeah, That would be a little bit uh, scary. One of the issues that this could cause is deep fakes because... Um, we're going to see an explosion in like deep fake porn. That's going to be a thing where I can up upload poor Lorenzo's face and then boom, there's a thousand videos of him if there isn't already, um, you know, in, in, in uncomfortable situations. We're going to have situations where you can type in on GPT um, or, or a competitor. I'm just using that as the, um, you know, like, like Google it, you know, as, as, as a term it's, as it's become. Um, I could say, you know, make uh, Biden give this speech about how he wants to nuke you know, um, Ukraine, and he's decided to, 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 you know, side with Russia now, and that will be created, and it will be indistinguishable from from the actual video, um, which is why perhaps Elon's onto something with the verified ticks. Maybe, maybe that, uh, you know, you, you can only trust it if it comes from that that legitimate source. But deep fakes are going to be everywhere, and um, they're already starting to become um, a reason why we're not going to be able to trust each other. Um, even more than we already can't do. Um, Giuseppe, what, what's your take on, on how the deep fake aspect of, of what this could lead to? Yeah, this is what I was uh, saying before, you know. It would be very interesting to understand uh, what can be the usage in good or bad cases of this technology, you know. Because, uh, yeah, it, it would be very interesting, you know. It's, um, for me, I don't really care about the digital representation of me. 
Yeah. So I'm not really jealous or possessive of pictures taken about me, you know. Yeah. But what if someone can do a deep fake that puts you in trouble, you know? Sure. Yeah. Then if you work scary. for a company, if you're saying something inappropriate or bad yeah. about that brand, if you're a celebrity, there's been deep fakes done where they're promoting products which they've never even heard of, and then you can just you know have them do a pitch for, for your brand and put that as an advert. I there's, there's probably hundreds of hours of me online, given that I've been doing this podcast for years now. People could could make me say anything at this point. It's um, I'm, I'm I'm screwed if this if this becomes <laughs> a, a, a thing. Um, what what's your view, Lorenzo, on on the deep fa- uh, deep fake uh, side of this? I'm thinking about cycles of trust. Uh, so I always think about trust, probably because of cryptocurrency. It's your job, but, man. But yeah, imagine yeah. Uh, imagine no, many years ago there were no pictures. People trusted uh, human signature. Then we had paper bills, uh, and there's a whole uh, evolution of technology in paper bills, uh, type of inks, uh, holographic printing, etc. And then we had pictures as a recognize a person is real or not, right? Now we're probably in a phase where we won't be able to trust any more digital pictures, digital images. It, you know, it's shifting the it's shifting the power. That's what I'm thinking. But we'll find something else. Maybe our document will have a fingerprint. Yeah. Or maybe we'll have some DNA hash. The, blo- the blockchain. Something like, or maybe a blockchain. Yes. Yeah. Seems, we'll, seems like the answer, right? Seems like a connected. No, it's a system of trust. What you're talking about here. Yeah. I'm thinking. Well, we won't trust any digital image anymore. There will still be utility in them, mm. but we'll find something else to trust upon. Maybe we'll finally find a really good use case for NFTs. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah. Oh, except for heart, no, something more. No, it's really trust what has been built. Yeah. No, now we, we need a digital equivalent of, uh, of trust, of a digital image trust. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the deep fake side, Nick? Yeah, I think... The points that the guys have raised is all are all valid. I think it's there. Are, there is a deep concern for me mm. about this because, you know, you can put people either in compromising position, positions. We've heard a lot about um, revenge porn, yeah. where that where it's used in that, which is absolutely oh, yeah. fundamentally wrong. As Giuseppe said, it could be used for blackmail. Mm. It's you know, so th- those are the worries, and it's it's how you get that trust and how you get that trusted source. And I think you've made a really good point. Maybe finally we found a point, a, a use for NFTs. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I always thought the NFT um, idea was was great because you could have every receipt could be an NFT. Yeah. Um, your you know your concert, your, your tickets, you know your 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 pass to uh, to go places, your boarding ticket, etc. Um, and then instead, it's become a way for Trump to sell pictures of him as a Superman. You know, um, which is the, the the troll in me thinks it's hilarious, but like it's it, that's a, such a shame that like blockchain technology uh, gets hijacked by 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 people, whether that's doing some scammy IPO, uh, sorry ICO rather, um, or you know just some pump and dump rug pull. Um, or what happened with NFTs. But, I mean, clearly the the underlying principles of that technology are the future. Um, it would just, we'll just have to wait and see what, what, what happens with it. It's interesting to see there's, there's some big news at the moment in the, um, the crypto world. Um, uh, Balaji, uh, the former CTO of Coinbase, he has placed a bet on the price of Bitcoin um, going to a million, <laughs> million dollars in the next 90 days. I think he's got like... 70 days left or something of it um it's gone up a little bit which is which is great because I'm, I'm, I'm a big bitcoin holder but i um 
not sure if it will go to a million, but his ethos is the banks are starting to fail, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, we've seen uh, the acquisition of, was it Chase? Um, one of the big banks was recently bought by another one. And he, he, he says that the, a lot of banks out there are insolvent and they don't even realise it yet. And they, um, they're just running on borrowed money. And we're going to start to see more and more banks collapse over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, and then the US uh, dollar might even be backed up by Bitcoin. Maybe that's a bit far-fetched, but who knows? I mean, blockchain is such an interesting world. Um, I know you might be not to, not to speak too much on that, Lorenzo, given uh, you, know, you represent uh, a company. But um, do you, I mean, you, you clearly see blockchain as a future, um, regardless of, uh, of if Balaji's experiment turns out to be you know, correct or not. I see that as a technology, as a technology of trust. Yeah. And we have to redefine how we trust our government, our other institution. How do we keep them accountable? Right? Instead of having this, uh, the Fed to be the central authority for everything, we can yeah. keep them accountable in a different way. So, I see the potential of redefining trust. What it means, and if you think on that scale, I think it can redefine how society works with government and the central authorities in that uh, in that sense. This is the grand vision I see. I'm not into the fine detail, NFT, arts, etc., but I see the potential of redefining trust. What, what, what do you think, Nick, on the, uh, the the potential of the blockchain? Are you are you yay or nay on its on its uh, you know possibility? Yeah, I'm a definite yay on it, without a doubt. I yeah. think there's there is a there is, I guess. The problem I've I always see is there's a large proportion of the population that don't trust it, yeah. and I think that's the I think the trick is how we get it more general acceptance of blockchain mm. with, amongst the masses. I think amongst people like ourselves, we understand what it does and how it works, and I think that's great. But I think there's a lot of people that don't understand it, and I think the education of it is the is the key point. But once you've got that education out there and people understand it. As Lorenzo has quite eloquently said, it's about that whole trust process and yeah. it is a method of trust. So I think it's a, you know, from that perspective, I think it's great. And it keeps, it keeps, yeah. as you say, it keeps our governments in line. Yeah, it almost seems like AI might have replaced Web3 on the uh, the hype cycle recently. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the Gartner hype trend, right, these things come and, come and go and eventually take off. Uh, why don't you finish off the episode, Giuseppe, with your um, yay or nay on the future of blockchain? Are you, are you optimistic? Do you think the, um, the pump and dumps or the, or the stuff associated with it and the bad actors would... Uh, hinder its, uh, its widespread adoption or what's your view? My view is like I'm much more scared about the CDBC, the central banking digital coins, because yeah. they will be yeah. the start of the end of our real freedom. Yes. And I believe that Bitcoin is the biggest emblem of freedom for people. Yeah. Blockchain in general, not just Bitcoin. Because no one ever said that it's the government that has to manage uh, money. Mm. And uh, at the end is not the government, because the central banks are private entities. So I would prefer a decentralized coin that is going to be owned by the people. Mm. And all this turmoil about bad happening, the FTX and so on, this is, I am sure that it's artificially created to put uh, a black shadow against the blockchain, mm. while the people that they want to govern us, they know that it can give us freedom. Decentralization of everything, of power or money, I think is the ultimate goal of us as humanity. Yeah. And when I see the 
the world centralized, I'm always scared because of course, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the idea of of there being a Rishi coin, which is attached to your you know individual blockchain ID, which if you go against the government, they, it gets turned off. That is the uh, the horror story version of this this situation. Whereas you know, Bitcoin is it's freedom from its uh, white paper. Mm. It, is, it is already happened in Canada with the trackers uh, yeah. and the people that they send money to them block their bank accounts. And just not not China, Canada. Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just uh, you know, yeah. Insane. Democracies were are different, <laughs> not what they, we know now. You know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks all for coming in. It was good to get your perspectives on what was happening in the world of tech and uh, your points of view. Um, thanks all for your for your opinions and uh, thanks all for watching as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Hey, thanks for watching this podcast. Make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, comment, etc., etc. And I'll see you in the next episode.